All right, we're live. We are live. As as the price is tanking, is the price tanking as we speak? <laughs> That's correct. Um, how's it going, guys? How's it going, guys? <laughs> Fun time to jump on. <laughs> Things have been crazy all around. I uh, know, right? Price, price is the least of it. I feel like everything. Right? I'm waiting for the bottom. You're waiting for the bottom. <laughs> Let us know when we get there. Hold yeah. on, I just want to pull up something over here. Oh, here we are. I think everyone's on. Yeah. Oh, so we're last minute as oh, usual. Coming on. Oh wait, add to stream. I added you. Okay, sorry. Press remove by mistake. Okay, can you guys see our sign? That was a. All right, good. Okay, let, let me move to this. How's side. our lighting? How's our lighting, guys? <laughs> as you can see, uh, we have a. Cheers. Cheers. Cheerios. Cheers. You're so stiff over there. Relax. Well, be- Relax. <laughs> I feel Jesus. like I'm stuck over here. It's hard with the boom arm in the way. Yeah. yeah we're, we're and then, like, I'm getting used to trying to drink. So I'm going to look like a little robot. We went right? and got this fancy equipment. Uh, was it B&H? You're B&H. Are you familiar with B&H? Is that just mm-hmm. a New York thing? No. I don't know. I think it might just be a New York thing. I recognize it. What's that? I recognize it. Okay. Yes, it's really good electronic store in manhattan and it's like oh, i've heard of it but it's like yeah it's it's very famous it used to be famous for camera equipment and now it's just you know they've they've evolved with the times but they're pretty awesome it's like one of the only i mean at least that i know of places where you could go and people actually know what they're talking about you know they could actually help you and tell you what to get so it was good we did that on sunday Yes, yeah, Sunday. It's impossible to drive into New York these days and actually yeah, park. It's chaos. Between like bike lanes and restaurants also being on the street now. And they've just gotten rid of all parking in New York. So <laughs> just I'm just complaining about, <laughs> just complaining. about a, a well, New York yeah. experience. And also it doesn't help that the store is not open. Oh yeah, yeah. and then they're they're closed. They're on like closed Saturdays. Saturday and then they close at two on Fridays. Two on yeah, Fridays. So. Sorry, guys, we're boring you with the equipment. <laughs> Pork <story>. Fest is <laughs> uh, coming up really soon, right? What's that? Pork Fest is coming up, right? Yep. Yeah, we're going. Yeah. We're leaving either. We're going to either leave like Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Yeah. 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 What, what is that? I've never heard of it. So, oh, you never heard of Pork Fest? Oh. It's, um, a, I guess I would describe it as a libertarian festival, kind of like Burning Man for libertarians. Not that libertarians don't go to Burning Man, but this is like <laughs> kind of strictly, more specific. <laughs> yeah, this is like strictly libertarians, I would say, or people that love liberty. Well, the um, the way the, the the whole idea is is to try to attract people to move to New Hampshire. Yes. So I've never been. I've never been to Porkfest. Uh, I've been hearing about it for years. But my understanding is like a lot of like, you know, big crypto people came out of there because they were one of the, you know, they were like early adopters because before crypto, when they were doing Porkfest, because I think Porkfest is like 20 years old at this point, or at least 10 years old. Um, they, a lot of people would just use hard current, like uh, coins and stuff, but only accept coins at Porkfest. So gold or silver coins. Uh, so, that, you know, they're very like hard money centric people. So then obviously when, you know, when Bitcoin was invented, um, a lot of these people were kind of, you know, early adopters. They were the ones following it early in the day, in the early days. So uh, I'm curious to see how prevalent Monero is. Obviously, Bitcoin's really big, big over there. 
I'm curious to see if a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, Monero. Or if they're going to be like, oh, it's a shit coin. <laughs> it seems to be picking up in the circles from what I can, from what I can tell. I think quite a few kind of high profile libertarians are starting to come around to the idea. I know some big podcasters and um, some like video content people have started to accept it for donations and stuff like that. So I, I know that within Monero, there's a pretty big libertarian group, but I think it's also starting to pick up steam a little bit in, in those circles. Yeah, I think so too. I'm seeing that as well. I've, that's That's my anecdotal feel as well. It's about time, right? I mean, if not them, who else? I mean, it's, it completely aligns with supposedly what they believe in. Especially as Bitcoin government. becomes more yeah. government and corporation friendly and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sweating too because I, <laughs> I ran over to ran over to Staples down the block to get a, a cable to plug in. We're, we're a mess. So, how's it going, guys? How's everybody else doing? Everybody Enough doing? about us. I know. Is anybody else going to Porkfest? By the way, I, I, I guess obviously not. Otherwise, you would. have people would have mentioned it no no anyone uh watching <laughs> if anybody's watching is going to pork fest let us know please please reach out to us <laughs> pork as in porcupine by the way not pork which i was disappointed to learn <laughs> I, I enjoy ribs you enjoy ribs. i'm sure there will be pork there but it's just not the not the theme so uh, let, let's let's go around the the room here, Seth. Let me see Seth. Hi, Seth. You want to you want to do a quick intro? I mean, I, I I'm sure m most people know you by now, but just like a, a yeah. one liner. Yeah, sure. I don't know if I can fit in one line. Let's see. <laughs> Three words. <laughs> I already used my line. Crap. I'm screwed now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, my name is Seth Simmons. Uh, I'm pretty, I guess, vocal in the Monero community. Um, Reddit, Matrix, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Um, so most people probably know me from around there. Um, I just started my own podcast. Nothing too crazy. Privacy nerd and uh, just learning where I can and sharing what I learn. How's your podcast going? How many episodes have you put up? Just two so far. Uh, started off on June 1st. So we dropped an episode then and then we're kind of bi-weekly right now. So I, I say we, me. Um, I, I will, we will listen on our way up, on our drive up, our five hour drive. We, we will listen to your podcast 100%. Look, very much looking forward to it. It is not cryptocurrency centric. I kind of wanted to oh. change things up. And it, it, that's definitely a part of it. And it will be a bigger part of it in the future. Um, probably going to do kind of a season dedicated to where cryptocurrency fits into opting out and, and kind of a privacy tool set. Um, but it's more kind of general privacy focused. So it should be of interest, but not. It's not just going to be kind of a cryptocurrency podcast. I love that. Really. No, that's that's great. That makes it even more useful to us because we obviously already know Monero pretty well. So we could maybe learn a thing or two by tuning in. Very cool, man. And we have Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Wanna... Yeah. Hi. So, um, I guess just like I said, sorry. Like I just like I said last time, I'm a CS student. I I like Monero. I think it's it's gonna be Bitcoin someday, although probably not today. Uh, that's the price it's currently taking, but we'll see. Day's not over yet. The day's not... <laughs> All right. Everything is tanking, huh? Yeah, we were busy setting up. We knew. Okay. I, to be to be honest, I I sold right before it tanked again, so I'm hoping it tanks a little bit more. <laughs> We're gonna need proof of sale here. Everybody yeah. talks about, yeah, I sold the top. Definitely sold the top. 
god. All right. Um, I'm looking to I'm looking to maybe acquire some more as we get down to these lower price ranges. I don't trade. I never trade. Don't do that. Uh, right, we, got? Oh, we have Think Massive. Hello. Hey guys. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. How's it cool. going? I'm doing well. Uh yeah, I'll, I'll just do a quick intro. I'm mostly here to, to listen. I'm a big fan of you guys. I tune in when I can. Uh, I'm a platform engineer. I tend to work mostly with Bitcoin just because that's it's it's bigger, but I love Monero. I went to the Monero conference uh, when it was in Denver and we're looking forward to the next one. So um, yeah, I really like what you guys do and I, I drink my Monero coffee. And <laughs> Yeah. I like the, I like the dumpster down in uh down in Miami. I know that probably yeah, sounds really weird to anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just talking to Vic about that today. That ended up being a major success. Yeah. Oh yeah, I saw people taking pictures next to it the entire time and like plucking, you know, like one note out trying to figure out if it was real. <laughs> yeah. Wait, were you were you down there? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Did did we meet, did we chat down there? I did no. I saw you guys. I actually didn't get to run into any Monero people the whole time. Um, I, I was kind of busy running around doing stuff, but I did see you guys at one point, like near in that vicinity. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should. I wish you came up with that. I know. Yeah, I know. I regret it. I should have hit you up on Twitter or something. It was just. It was a whirlwind, you know. Yeah, it was pretty chaotic <laughs> weekend. Thirteen thousand so. people. So yeah, you had a good time, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good. I'm. I'm like trying to find my next. Uh, gig and that was like the the best thing i possibly could have done for for that just like meeting you know all the people in the industry face to face it really goes a long way what type of work are you looking for uh platform engineering so kind of like devops uh and backend sort of combined uh running like a cluster for you know a company that's running cryptocurrency um infrastructure basically trying to get into something exciting like managing hot wallets and doing a lot of security and stuff <laughs> very cool very cool so yeah hit, feel free to hit me up if you know anybody that's uh looking for somebody like that all right yeah we'll definitely keep you in mind man do you do you um contribute to monero at all in terms of like development uh no no i don't definitely not uh <laughs> I, i'm a monero user i've got my my converted castanode back here that's like <laughs> the extent of my monero infrastructure uh, at the at the current time unfortunately but i mean i i follow the space but no i'm not a contributor cool, cool, cool. um and we have sean hi sean How's hello hi, i'm uh, sean i'm a mixed net programmer i've been in the community for a few years I'm working on a couple projects that'll be, you know, over the summertime, I think. Um, recently, a lot of people have talked about trying to contribute, so I've decided to dedicate some time this summer to work on a couple of things I've had in the back burner. So we'll see how that goes. Awesome. What are you looking to work on right now? What are, the, what are these back Oh, yeah, well, um, some of the systems are in C++. There's a lot of different wallets out now, like a lot of them. I'm just curious about upgrading some of the backend node software up to say a more modern language like Go or Rust. So I might do some you know, templates for that for the upcoming Triptych implementation. It'd be nice if we had a parallel implementation to make sure everything went right too. That sounds like a huge undertaking. That's a tremendous, <laughs> project, right? That's like- Well, I'm good at faking things and just making them look like they work with it. So <laughs> let's see how that goes. 
You may uh, want to take a look at the uh, the mobile coin code since they use a lot of Monero's base, and I think it's written in Rust. Oh, yeah. So that may be yes, of interest to yes, you. it is. Yeah, they gave me the idea originally. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Some shortcuts. Yeah. Who uh, who else we got? We have uh, Nikolai White. Hey, how's you guys doing? How's it going? How's it going? He's a he's a New York local. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of your work, and, and I'm not just talking about uh, what you do here on YouTube. I'm a really big fan of uh, you know putting yourself out there. Uh, I'm I'm guessing you guys do talk about that a lot on stage, uh, obviously, right? Talk about what? Yeah, uh, like uh, your your uh, uh, being in politics. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, obviously, yeah. yeah there's, there's no hiding that. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I have not watched would have been one of my constituents if I if I would have won. Right. I, I... Absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's my district. Um, I, I live on uh, uh, Sideways Israel, also known as Long Island. Uh, and, and I actually <laughs> I, I had a, a great time. Uh, you know, uh, we may or may not have gotten uh, some beers at a local craft uh, brewing uh, location. Uh, but uh, no, uh, I'm I'm always big into politics. I was uh, actually I got into cryptocurrency uh, because of politics. It just led me down a rabbit hole. And um, yeah, I just I think that it's really great that uh, Monero is uh, like what top twenty five in market cap while not having any uh, dedicated uh, marketing team. Uh, or I mean, any, it's so decentralized. There's there's no I mean the team is dedicated, but I mean the team is uh, all volunteers. So I think it's really really cool. Uh, but you guys know that already. Uh, I just I'm always a big fan of Monero, um, uh, even though I've never uh, done any uh, direct work uh, for the uh, organization. Um, I've had a conversation with Fluffy Pony. That was a lot of fun. Oh, you did? I don't. I don't even know if we talked about that. Did he? Did he come on your show? You have a show too, right, man? I do have a show. I, I have not published the video that I have. Uh, uh, it was an, actually an AMA for uh, uh, Yacht. Um, and that, uh, that is oh, a yeah. really, yeah, 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 that's an exciting project that, uh, that he put out, uh, most of you guys know the emoji URLs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was able to ask him a question. Uh, I, I believe, uh, I asked him a question that was, uh, pertaining to privacy, uh, because that's, uh, so important to us all. Um, maybe, uh, maybe I will post that, uh, full AMA at one point in time. Uh, it was actually hosted on uh, Satoshi Street Bets on Telegram. It wasn't hosted on uh, my own channel. But uh, going forward, I, I much like the the live format on YouTube, and I think I'm gonna do like uh, like omni channel uh, uh, omni channel interviews where I'm gonna be doing developer and founder interviews uh, like live on Telegram and YouTube at the same time. Awesome, man! Awesome. I, I know we've talked about this before, but uh, probably would be cool to talk about right now since we're in public how do, how do we get the satoshi bets community more involved in monero are they are they all aware of monero are they interested in monero you know that's a great question um the satoshi street bets community is uh so so spread out and we all have our own little uh niches um how to get them involved in it honestly i think it's a great question i actually do think i have the answer um, I think that the the logical um, the logical conclusion to uh, you know being against these sort of um, uh, financial trappings that we find ourselves in uh, political financial the the entire system I mean the answer is is clearly Monero and as Wall Street bets has sort of like a 
um, an anti-Wall Street, uh, anti-venture capital hedge fund sort of um, uh, following. Um, I think that Satoshi Street Bets sort of poses the answer, whereas you're not going to be able to uh, change the system um, from within. Yeah, you can you can play it, those games, but we've seen time and time again that um, you know companies such as Robinhood, uh, if they're not going to win, they're going to take their ball and walk away. Um, and so the only way in which we're going to be able to uh, you know really have a chance at making uh, at having any leverage in the situation is we need to expand the cryptocurrency uh, and decentralized uh, platforms and make it so that they have to uh, play our game. And so we don't have to keep playing theirs. Um, so I think that it would be fantastic if, uh, you know, Satoshi Street Bets uh, community and just um, a lot a lot of people on the Internet who is sort of like fed up. And that's why they, they're coming to Wall Street Bets and Satoshi Street Bets. I think it would be really great if uh, people joined together and realized that, um, you know, we have to work together. And I think that there's been some attempts. Uh, people have been saying things like there's a you could short squeeze Monero um, because a lot of people do like to pull shorts out on Monero uh, because it's one of the ones that's less accepted by uh, centralized exchanges as it's one of the most decentralized coins uh, out there. Um, and um, in taking those shorts out, people want to squeeze the shorts like they did in the Wall Street bets movement, but it's not necessarily possible if you understand just how large of a float uh, Monero has. It would be, you know, near impossible, unfortunately, but I'd love to see it happen. Yeah, it seems like uh, it aligns with a lot of the ideals of the Satoshi bets community and that it's, it's a very disruptive project, Monero, at its core. Yeah, absolutely. Um, disruptive is a very good word. <laughs> Unfortunately, they they were they were more aligned with the, with the Dogecoin uh, community. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot of people because the community is so spread out. Um, I can only you know uh, take responsibility for myself. Um, you know, I think that there were a lot of uh, opportunists that were seeing the brand as a way in which uh, they were onboarding new people over from the Wall Street bets movement and sort of educating them in cryptocurrency. And the thing is, when you're bringing new people into a community that has less information than others, it's just uh, it attracts the types of people who might want to exploit them uh, for short term profits and more so than educating them. And so it, it got a lot of people you know, really in the, uh, trading, if you can do it well, it, it can be a very valuable thing. Uh, but I think that, you know, uh, instead of my first advice was given was just to, you know, take a portion of my paycheck that I don't need every week and, you know, buy it at whatever price. And that's a lot safer for people coming into the community than, you know, uh, attending all of these group chats and having a bunch of different uh, media constantly broadening them, whether it's on YouTube telegram twitter all vying for their for their attention and their funds um and it's just it attracts a lot of um you know other bad actors or people who want to exploit uh, others for short-term game definitely definitely just dollar cost average what do uh yeah um there's we'll, we'll get back to you Nicola. <laughs> uh we have richard here hi richard uh, hey you guys can you guys hear me 
Yep, we can hear you. How's it going? Going pretty well. I love the show. Uh, I like the new studio too. Oh, thanks. Just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a I'm a grad student um, in statistics, so nothing to do with crypto for the most part. But I do like the Monero project, and uh, uh, I really like where it's going. Um, I'm one of those guys who, of course, started out with Bitcoin, realized the fungibility issue and everything, and kind of moved to Monero. Um, so I mean. I do like the project and I like where it's going. Um, there's definitely a lot of add-ons that I like to add on to the currency. So currently I'm working on building up my programming skills so I can actually help out with the, the project. I do like the volunteer aspect, I like a lot of aspects about the, the Monero community right now. Uh, and I just hope it keeps you on. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, That's what it's all about. If you want, anybody that wants to join, whether you're a noob or... An OG, come on down. <laughs> what 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 type of things are you looking to contribute and and add? Uh, so mostly because so this is a digital currency. I think we should of course take it. I mean, of course you want to be like uh, at the base um, level requirements. We need to all of the things that cash has. Uh, but on top of that, take advantage of the fact that we're on the digital layer and do some automatic procedures. So like uh, programmability, I would like to add that too. Monero for the most part, uh, just some simple stuff for, to start out with, like um, automatic payments, uh, recurrent payments that you don't have to do constantly uh, with transactions. Um, I, I do think we need something similar to Lightning, but not the the same way. Um, it needs to be a little bit better. I don't think you really need channels. I think you can be done with just addresses because it's essentially just like a multi-sig address. Um, but things like that, just general programmability, I think would be nice. Awesome. And so you're, and you're teaching yourself how to, how to code right now, you said, or you're studying? Oh, no, I've been coding for about maybe oh, like half my life. Oh, okay. so uh, yeah, statistics is very, very computer based. So it's, it's programming is the like base level. You kind of need that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mostly use uh, Python and R. So right now I'm just reteaching myself C++ and Rust. Awesome. Well, it's exciting that you're considering Monero as a project that you want to work on. There's there's plenty of other ones out there, so it's nice to see that you're that you're choosing Monero. <laughs> yeah, but there's only one with actual fungibility. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Oh God. Oh, and we have Chill. Hi, Chill. How's it going? Hi, guys. Hello. How are you guys? Nice Good. to see everyone. Nice to see you. Wanna quick quickly introduce yourself for those that sure. don't know you? Yeah. Um I really like that Richard is working on these automatic payments. I think we need some kind of subscription service for Monero for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely if there's any other solutions that exist for that. Um Sean, did, do you know of anything that that's kind of doing that yet or no? Well, um, a subscription service like that, you, it's difficult to put that into play right now. The scripts that exists are, well, kind of rudimentary, so they don't support that. Um, it's possible with, uh, well, it's, just, it's not really done right now, but there are some add-ons that there's some, well, I don't want to go into particulars, but a couple of brand new things that are just starting up over the last six months that do have some program that, programmability add-ons to Monero, but you're still in development and they're not very well going. It would be any things like this, if there was like an existing framework or a service 
that added on top, say, if we had a popular wallet that said, hey, we'll help you manage something, maybe even send you a reminder so that you have to send a recurring payment at a particular point in time, we can add that in. Any of the existing wallets can add that as basic, real simple things. And then you can simply manage a repetitive payment over time that you authorize at every particular interval. It would also kind of make it a little bit easier when it's human intervention rather than some analytical intervention for somebody intercepting and looking for patterns for the same payment over time as well, too. But um, yeah, you need something else. You need some sort of trusted third party right now to be able to say it'll handle the payments independently for you. Yeah. One thing like that would be nice to add into uh, to the wallets, so though. That's all. Definitely. I mean, if you think everything's going to subscription service, including food and groceries these days and i think like crypto not having that is a huge disadvantage if we actually want to use it on a day-to-day -day basis definitely it's essential um guys i was gonna jump to the topic of uh what's what well what somebody here was calling the diego situation <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, I think we all have to talk about it, right? Uh, it's the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. Uh, I know Seth was uh, pulled into a bunch of conversations on Twitter and elsewhere. He made some some poignant Reddit posts. Uh, let's just get into it, guys. We got to talk about it. I think everybody watching is expecting us to talk about it as well, and uh, it's an important topic. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say, you know, my take um, just in general. Uh, is that, you know, I feel like uh, the Monero community is as healthy as ever in terms of um, always trying to be pure in its ideals and what it stands for. And I think uh, what we're seeing right now is a result of that. So instead of the community just kind of ignoring what's going on, people are getting involved, they're getting vocal, uh, things are getting a little heated, and it's it's unfortunate that you know um, there's there's some negative energy that has to go along with it. But you know that's, that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, there's a lot. This is an open source project. People are working very hard on you know hard on it. A lot of people are you know just purely volunteering. So there's a there's a lot of passion involved. There's a lot of emotions involved. So. I think it's 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 all natural, so I think it's I think it's all good things. But I'm I'm always the ultimate Monero bullish maximalist, so I see the good in everything. Uh, I do, um, you know, Diego. I think he's an personally. I think he's an awesome guy. We, we yeah, know we him personally. A few times, yeah. uh, I think he's done amazing work for the project. Um, but I was concerned when, you know, Gianic, you know, he spelled out all those points really well. And I did find a lot of those things concerning. I tuned into um, the recording uh, that you guys had with him um, on Clubhouse. And I, di I didn't really love all his, all his answers. You know, it's unfortunate that he was being grilled. You know, I, I, I didn't like that, you know, that it was coming across that he was being grilled. But, um, you know, I it, it kind of really hit home when he said, you know, he, he doesn't even hold Monero. And I get he was trying to paint that in a positive light, like he doesn't want to be too tied into the project. But I, I mean, if you, you know, it's why, why would you not be kind of, I'm not saying all in, but I mean, why would you not be holding Monero uh, if you're passionately working on the project? 
Um, I'm, and that's probably not the biggest issue that most people have, but that was like one of the ones that really kind of hit home with me. Uh, and then just the fact that he's essentially was working on other privacy coin projects through his through his company. And once again, you know, I totally understand, you know, his side of it. The guy's got to make money. He's got to make a living. And I totally get that. But um, it just I feel like it was kind of div dividing his attention and his, you know, allegiance to Monero. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I don't think anybody should have, um, you know, blind allegiance to anything, but um, to be working on projects that are competing at the same time and to be at that level and to essentially be getting paid by the project itself, by the Monero General Fund, I do think that there was ultimately some issues there. So uh, I think the way things ultimately shook out uh, makes sense that Diego's stepping aside. Um, I think it's unfortunate that, you know, people's feelings had to, had to get hurt along the way. Uh, and I also am concerned about the fact that, you know, it, it may um, potentially deter some people, right? Because they, they see what happened here and now they, they may, you know, uh, think twice about uh, participating in a community where, where, you know, the whole community can turn on them. But that's just, that's just the, the nature of the beast. So that's, that's my overall take on it. Seth, you want you want to jump in and uh, take the floor and talk about some things? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll speak to you real quick. Um, I think some of the biggest takeaways for me are decentralized communities are really freaking hard. They're really hard. Um, and I think this is something that's just not talked about a lot. Um, and this isn't this isn't exclusive to Monero. This isn't even exclusive to cryptocurrency. I mean, really all FOSS projects, when they get to a certain size and not many FOSS projects at the size of Monero, much less Bitcoin. Um, once they get to that size, things just get really tricky, uh, especially because we have funding for devs and there's just a lot of a lot of difficulty when it comes to, to handling a decentralized community, especially because obviously we don't want to be censoring people. We don't want to be um, trusting people blindly. There's just a lot that goes into that. Um, so hopefully everyone approaches the situation understanding decentralized communities are really hard. And even when people are doing what they think is best for the project, sometimes they make mistakes and sometimes things, sometimes things happen. Um, and it's good that people make calls for transparency and that kind of thing. Um, I think in this specific situation, there were a lot of issues where I don't think anything malicious happened, but just a lot of poor decisions were made on how messaging was done on how transparency was done or not done, um, honestly, by both core and, and Diego. Um, and those things are, are bad. I think the, the kind of uniqueness in this situation is that he wasn't a CCS funded contributor. So he wasn't directly under the community's oversight, like everyone else who goes through the CCS and gets funded directly by the community. He was getting paid through the general fund, which is up to the discretion of core to spend. But obviously the community still deserves some transparency into what's happening there. Um, and so there, there was just, there were a lot of problems that could have been avoided if there was transparency up front. Um, and if there was honesty up front about what was happening, about when he was hired, about what he was hired for, what work he was doing, that kind of thing, even though he doesn't necessarily owe it to the community. Um, it's just the right thing to do. Um, cause obviously otherwise people are going to be confused and upset and, want to know more. Um, so I, I wish that there had been more of that and there wasn't. Um, and then obviously there was this issue with a potential conflict of interest. Again, I don't knowing Diego, I, I don't think that it was anything malicious, but 
there's just issues when you are paid to work for a project and then you have a company on the side that's working for competing projects. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really see Firo as complete competing either actually like trying to compete with us or competing with the scope of Monero and the adoption of Monero. Um, but it's still another project. So he's getting paid to work full-time on Monero and he's getting paid through his company to work on other projects, which is just, it's just a bad idea. And that wouldn't work in any business. That's not just specific to Monero again. That's just kind of a, the way things work. You don't want to have clear conflicts of interest when you're doing things like this. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad a lot of this came to light. It needed to. I'm glad that Yannick made the calls that he did. Um, I don't like a lot of the ways that things were handled by him or by others in the community. Uh, there were a lot of, I think, underhanded tactics, including recording that Clubhouse conversation and publishing it without telling anybody that that was being recorded, um, which is not a good thing. It is a public chat, but they're explicitly not supposed to be recorded and no one was informed. So stuff like that, I think, is bad. Even if the end was good, the means don't, the, the end does not justify the means in that situation. So I think things could have been handled better by both sides. Um, but I think most of the things that Janik talked about and called for were good. Uh, we needed transparency. We needed answers to some of these questions. Um, and so I think overall the situation ended as it should. Obviously, I don't love that he's stepping down, but I do think it's the right call. And it's what I asked him to do privately, what I asked him to do publicly as well. So I think it's the the only real move since he, he has his own company that seems to be doing well. So hopefully that will be a good fit. Hopefully he'll stick around Monero and help out where he can. But yeah, it was a tricky, a tricky situation and things like this always get messy in decentralized communities. Yeah, I should just say quick, if Diego, if you're listening and you want to jump on, uh, by all means, come on, come on, jump on. Let's, you know, let's hear what you got to say. And I, I really hope he continues to, to work on Monero in a large way. I hope, you know, that that would be the, mo the most tragic thing is if, you know, we, we, we lose people that were working hard on this project. We there's there's no greater asset to this stuff than the people that work on it. Obviously, the technology is important, uh, but the technology is nothing without the network, and the network are the people that use it and the people that contribute to the project. Uh, that's why I think Monero is such a strong project because it has these strong ideals that uh, everybody in the community, by you know, for the most part, ag agrees with, and they and they work on this project out of a passion. Um, I think that's kind of our, our greatest advantage compared to all other cryptos, except for maybe, you know, I think Bitcoin competes on that level, obviously, as well. Um, so it's a shame to see, uh, potentially see people get deterred from working on it. But I think, you know, ultimately, uh, Monero will, will always prevail. The ideas behind it are going to prevail. And it's just bumps, some bumps in the road. I think with the Clubhouse thing, I... I I totally get what you're saying. I see the, why the people that were in that room were upset by it. But if Gianic didn't record, like we wouldn't be having this conversation today. That information probably wouldn't have gotten out there. I wouldn't have listened to it uh, and witnessed it. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like an expectation of privacy thing. You know, anybody that that's that's on Clubhouse should just be treating it like they're on, you know, in a public forum. I mean, it's not it wasn't not it's not a private Zoom chat or something. It's it's a, I, get, I get their terms of service are that you're not supposed to be recording, but uh, I would think that anybody's expectation there should be that, you know, anything you say there is basically public information. I mean, it, it is public. And again, like he can record that. Anyone can record them. They're not supposed to, but that I, I wouldn't normally really care. And they've been recorded in the past, but it's just something where people need to know that they're, that they're being recorded um, and know that that 
I, I think a lot of it was that it seemed like it was used as a weapon to be kind of the fi- final nail in the coffin rather than like, uh, hey, I'm hopping on and oh, I'm recording and oh, look, this is some information I can use. So that that may, may be just me misreading that situation, um, but just not not a fan of that part of the approach. But the information was good to know. Again, I think a lot of the stuff that came out of it was good, but I think we need to be careful that we don't take this, the ends justify the means approach to things and scare people off in, in the kind of in the meantime. Who else wants to jump in? Has anybody else have uh, comments on the situation? Yeah. You know, I've read little. Go on. <laughs> I've only read little bits and pieces of it. So, I, I mean, I wish I knew more, but it sounds pretty bad. It's definitely going <laughs> to. It's all on Reddit if you want to read through that. There's a couple. I've been reading threads. it the past 10 minutes. There's a lot. Actually. <laughs> Take a week off too. <laughs> There's like 200 comments on Take my time. Like I, I have so much stress right now. Like I have so many things going on that I have not read the news. So all I know is number go down. So <laughs> he definitely knew that news. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with what what the strife that's going on in the community. Uh, it's just a traders trading. When you when you say it sounds really bad, what, what were you referring to? Just what we were talking about in terms of. Um, I read a post about something about how the, there was a bunch of money sent to the general fund and then now someone wants an audit and something like that. I mean, I read that like last week, but I only looked at it for a couple of minutes because I've, I have a lot of, I, I take summer classes, so I am basically doing that 24 seven. So I, I, I might look for like five minutes, but then I don't really see what's going on. But I did see about, I did see something about how a Diego guy was having issues with the community. Yeah. Oh. oh, go ahead. I was just going to give a really quick summary. But... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, so the thing about the general fund, there have been calls for transparency around that for a while. Um, and I think in either 2019 or 2020, it was said that quarterly reports would be published and they haven't been. So there's part of it is this general call for that transparency, um, which is legitimate and needs to happen. There's a specific user on Reddit who's been kind of attacking trolling in Reddit. Um, I think Archeactive or something. I can't remember his name. Um, he made this post that I would just generally ignore, but the oh, Diego I think situation. I read that one. Yeah, it, it. Some of the points are legitimate, but he is very much attacking Monero through how he's talking in Reddit. Um, but the Diego situation was basically he was employed full time through Core, and being paid from the general fund to do work for them. That work was never really clear. The role was never really clear. It wasn't announced when it started. Um, there were calls for transparency. They never happened. He published one transparency report about what he was doing and then refused to publish anymore. Um, so generally the issue was he worked for Core and refused to share kind of what he was doing publicly, even though a lot of us saw some of the stuff that he was doing behind the scenes. Um, and then the kind of the thing that pushed it over the edge is he he has a, a company that he owns and runs called CypherStack that has been doing work for Monero, but also for other projects like Firo. Um, so the main kind of thing that kind of, I guess, broke the camel's back was this potential for conflict of interest between his full-time work for Monero and the company that he owned that was handling some researchers who have worked for Monero in the past, now are working for their projects, and just a lot of transparency issues and general uh, visibility issues. Things looked really bad. Whether or not they were is still not super clear because there hasn't been a lot of transparency still from Core. Um, or really any public statement from Diego on everything that's gone on. Uh, so a lot's still unclear, but 
I think everything at least looked bad. And so things happened. He's resigning from his, his full-time role with core under Monero. Um, and he's going to continue obviously running the business that he's built out. Yeah. I read stuff like that last week, but I didn't know all the details. So there's a lot more than that, but that's a TLDR. <laughs> sure. Thanks. Chill. You want to jump yeah. in? Yeah. Uh, so my, my takeaway was that we're kind of seeing that we are having all these centralized expectations from decentralized projects, right? And I mean, if you look at the issues from the, like zoom out a bit, you can see that, okay, researchers don't have a paycheck. That seems to be an issue, right? But that's a centralized perk, <laughs> so to speak. Um, you know, they don't give us reports. There, nobody knows what the marketing direction is, the brand, like sometimes we argue over what should be more, you know, what should we advertise? What should we shouldn't? So I just want people to consider that because, you know, I've seen a lot of comparison with Dash and, and Zcash. And those projects are centralized. And they have Zuku, for example, who will tell you, hey, you need to produce a report by 6 p.m. This is the marketing strategy. <laughs> you know, this is how much you're getting. Like, there's more accountability in a centralized setting that we are kind of used to and we are expecting it, even though this is decentralized. And thank God we don't have leaders. Like, thank God we don't have someone to. Um, and so it's all just a big experiment. And we're just watching it unfold. And to me personally, it's a miracle that it's working and it's so efficient, <laughs> considering we don't have any full-time employees, no one's paid. I mean, it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> that Monero is even functioning. Yeah, it's it's crazy and it's yeah. purely out of passion. Like you said, I mean, nobody, I mean, some people are, you know, are, are, are getting paid in ways, you know, we, we have a sponsor for this show, but I mean, the amount of effort we put in this thing does nowhere near matches uh, re the reality of, of what we're getting. I mean, compared to like what we get paid during our day jobs and the effort we put there, I mean, we put a lot of effort into this and it's, okay. it's purely out of love and a passion for Monero. And I know it's, it doesn't sound crazy to you guys cause you guys all are doing the same thing. And there's so many other people that are working even, you know, much harder than we are and in a whole like different level in terms of, you know, the, uh, the amount of brain power they're putting into like the, the, the things that the devs are doing. And a lot of these guys just, you know, working uh, anonymously and really for, a lot of them for for no pay at times uh it's just amazing it's a beautiful thing so like i said in the beginning you know so to see this happen it's unfortunate for all the reasons we're talking about but it's just it's a byproduct of, of a decentralized open source project that's working sean what do you think give us give us some wisdom well i can uh i i know diego it's oh, uh, valid. He's a very, very cool guy. Very, very smooth. He connects well with just about everybody. And when you have a lot of people who are, I mean, this is international team, not just international, this is an entire worldwide team of people here who are making Monero happen. And when you have a lot of people who speak different languages, come from different backgrounds, you can get a lot of, you know, miscommunications, different ways of talking. Something goes wrong in one area, you get frustrated and you 
it's really hard to meet and talk to new people. But Diego's always stepped up in that. He's always been there to let everybody know, hey, let's 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 enjoy what we're doing together. And it's not often you have somebody like that who is really committed to making sure everybody gets together and hang out. And so I think everybody respects him and, and just likes his personality. And so, you know, if he's not going to be in keeps connections alive. So I think everybody who knows him will, you know, will be happy for him and we'll keep in contact with him. We think uh, we think he'll be doing okay. So awesome. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, I think I think he'll he'll co- if he he'll come back around. I mean, that's you know. That's what I think. Like, uh, I mean, um, that is kind of how things go nowadays. I mean, there's a cancel culture that, that exists. So, I mean, you do one little thing wrong and you're exiled forever, whether it's from an educational community or uh, the Monero community in this case. And this guy, Archie Active, has been really posting a lot of bad things about Monero on the subreddit. So it's not going to look good for a while. Yeah, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate that's an internet issue too. Right. You know, so, uh, everybody can, can speak their mind from behind their computers anonymously and they, they come out with uh, ferocity and, you know, they, they don't care. They'll just say whatever it is they want to say, you know, it's things that they wouldn't say to people's faces. Um, and so that, that's unfortunate. That's a little hard, but I think most people have adapted to that, you know, already and this kind of everybody's getting used to that it is it's it's unfortunate to watch and see though because i think a lot of um people just aren't as cordial on the internet and it's 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 hard to watch sometimes like when i ran for congress right i mean it was like it was disgusting the things that people would do and say to you and uh, so to, to watch that in, you know, when it went, when it was all going down people yelling at each other, it, kind of, it, it, it's hard to watch. So I, you know, t- my advice, anybody that's, that's t- watching, you know, you know, just think twice before you type things too. I mean, there's, there's people on the other side, there's people, you know, think about people's feelings. Like, yeah, you're just typing into a, a box, into a computer and it, it's going off to people with, with fake names, but there's real people behind those names and there's nothing wrong with just trying to be nicer. I mean, it's just it's just going to help. It's going to help the community too when we have that that culture of acceptance. The fact that you don't have to fear, uh, you know, you could say things. You don't have to fear that there's going to be like retribution, or you don't have. You could go out there. You may come up there with an idea. You don't have to fear that everybody's going to attack you. Uh, you know, or if you, if you come out and you make a mistake, I mean, like we shouldn't be so fast to pile on and and like you know attack people as as a big group i mean that's kind of a disgusting aspect of human nature to to watch when everybody just piles on and singles somebody out so i i I never like seeing that in in any aspects of 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 my life and so most certainly don't like seeing it here and i understand why it happens but there's no reason why it has to right we could uh, we you know Take it upon take it upon yourself uh, to to do the right thing. You, you know you don't have to you don't have to act that way on the internet. And if didn't don't someone, act that way on the internet? Didn't someone mass mail your political contributors like letters, <laughs> postcards saying you support terrorism? Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, probably the worst of it. But yeah, we, there was a lot of incidents. People are just nasty, you know. Uh, you were in a really tough district. <laughs> definitely a tough district definitely a tough district uh 
what New Yorkers I, in general are, are are tough people, and they don't hold back from saying things. So once you get the internet versions of them, it's it's even worse. <laughs> are you saying that we're opinionated? <laughs> yeah. Just a chat. What do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, that people from New York certainly have a way about them. Uh, they're they're deeply divided, um, but at the same time. Uh, they're, they, they can uh, agree on a lot of things that they don't realize that the rest of the world doesn't agree on. So, um, you know, it, it's great to have uh, places where you can uh, speak freely and talk about things and, uh, you know, figure out the way that, uh, you know, everyone in the world thinks about things. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And just uh, another thought too, you know, with, with what was going on um, this past week, I'm sure a lot of the not a lot, but I'm sure there were people that were on Reddit and elsewhere that were just fueling the fire just because they, they want to see Monero. There's people out there that want to see Monero burn, right? That that take advantage of these situations. So then they're out there tweeting about it or just putting more fuel in the fire. Um, there's, the there's, shorts. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the so, shorts. Exactly. Yeah, just to add on to that, I mean... There's also like a social media dynamic here, especially with platforms like uh, Reddit, Twitter, and Facebook with you know a like system. So you're kind of playing with the human mind here. And I think there's another dynamic that uh, is not really considered yet uh, is the fact that when Gianna posted that, a lot of people in the Reddit community had no idea about the situation. So they went from zero to mystery percentage of information and then reacted to that and then tack on the kind of Reddit system how that affects your mind. Um, it's just kind of like natural disaster. It's just what happens. Yeah, Isn't and that's, that that's kind of how the media works as well. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, another reason why even when there's not an explicit requirement for transparency into like how you're, how you're doing work, what you're doing, how you're spending your time when you're being funded by the community, like in Diego's situation, there's an, an explicit requirement that he do that because he's not being funded through the CCS. It's one of those situations where the transparency just, transparency just goes a long way to uh, just give the community something to go on, to understand what you're doing, to understand how you're working, to understand how you're benefiting the community. So it, it could have been that it had gone from monthly transparency reports to a post about the issues. And with the stuff that was going on, maybe it still would have been the best move for him to step down. But if there had been clear transparency from him and core throughout the process, and it didn't even have to be something super complicated in advance, but just some simple, like, hey, these are the main things we're working on. Hey, this is what I did this month, roughly. Like, those kinds of things. That would have gone a long way so people understood, like, hey, Diego works for core. Hey, Diego gets paid full time. Hey, Diego does this general set of things for the Monero community. Instead of people, like you mentioned, hopping on Reddit and being like, someone gets paid full time through core to work on Monero. Because a lot of people didn't have any idea because it had never been publicly announced, even though it had been discussed in the past on Reddit and other places. But it was just something that unless you were very closely following Monero for a long time, you may not have even known that he was working full time for Monero. So transparency goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just engagement with the community in general to make sure that, um, that they're with you on everything. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is decentralized, so we need some, some sort of consensus system. Otherwise, we can't keep up. 
Yeah, what I noticed, everyone who's doing something valuable gets attacked at, at some point for whatever reason, you know, because I mean, I right before that, we just had we just had a bad Monero season because we just had like drama after drama after drama. And like right before that, uh, someone was attacking Justin as well. I mean, come on. <laughs> Like, Justin probably does the most work out of all of us, <laughs> besides you guys. You two out there all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, as the community is getting bigger and larger, it's, it's going to be inevitable. Look, I put it this way. If you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, thank God. Now you tell me. I feel so relieved. <laughs> what? You want everyone to love you? I love everybody, or at least I try. You know, it's, it's their actions I don't always love. <laughs> I'm nice to people who are nice to me. So, uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? Is there more things to say about these issues? I think from my end, I would just like to keep Clubhouse for the newcomers as a friendly vibe. And when you have a telenovela or something important <laughs> that needs to be discussed by the whole community, given we are a privacy community, I think Jitsi would be a better option. Uh, a lot of people even mentioned that, that you know they can join. They don't use these um, closed source <laughs> platforms. And you know I think I just want to make it... Um, public that that is not what we started for it's it's basically for bitcoiners or other people who are just hanging around clubhouse to pop into our room <laughs> and we are the welcome to walmart people to kind of explain what monero is <laughs> yeah uh, you're so you're saying um those type of conversations that were had should have been had had on a different type of platform on like jitsi or something yeah, so everybody can join. I mean, it's an important conversation. There were some valid concerns. So I don't understand why I have that conversation. I mean, first of all, why I have it on Clubhouse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it just it just happened that way. I don't think it was anybody's intention. I don't think, you know, Gianic didn't plan it to happen that way. I think uh, he just saw an opportunity. At least that's my interpretation, but who knows? I did speak. I spoke to him today. You know, I I, I want to say too. You know, I really like Gianic as well. You know, I met we've met Gianic in person. He's helped us out with this show, yeah. uh, guys. You know, like like all of you. You know, he's super smart. He uh, he really understands Monero. He I he has like a really good ability at like you know he's like an, a Monero investigative journalist. Like he really just like knows the 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 inner workings of what's going on. He has very good ability at like having tabs on what's going on. So uh, I, I think he's a, he's a great resource to the community. Uh, I think he, he, he was a little harsh. He was definitely a little harsh and it was, uh, I, you know, maybe a whole, he'll change his tactics a little bit, but overall he's definitely a, a major asset to the community. You know, it's something I might like to see. Um, I saw recently uh, Cryptozilla. I don't I'm not oh, Coffeezilla. Sorry. Uh, uh, he'd made a video uh, regarding uh, some uh, stuff uh, involving Tether. And I think it would be uh, really interesting. He, he likes to cover, uh, you know, controversial uh, stuff uh, related to financial 
uh, things. And maybe it would be interesting for uh, someone like him to, to cover this incident. I know that he has a pretty good following. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know much much about that guy. He's like a investigative type reporter. He okay. investigates like online scams. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's he's got coffee in the name, so maybe he'd like to do uh <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, let's let's jump topics, guys. What what else do you guys want to talk about today? A lot of talk about R in the chat. Talk about what? R coin, you know, everyone's oh, favorite. Okay, coin. Yeah, okay, people okay. were asking here what's the different what is it? I think think massive had something to say. I was gonna mention something on a different topic. I don't know. I, I think I feel like I didn't know much about R coin and I, I heard about it on here and looked into it and it seemed like a scam because there was a giant pre-mine, so I just kind of wrote it off after that. I don't sorry if you guys like it. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to know what the what's the latest on like atomic swaps. Uh I know I was I kind of follow Farcaster and uh Comet, I think, are the two of like the three. Um and I feel like maybe anatomic swap happened but the developers had to like manually do a bunch of stuff so i'm just curious like what's the status of that and i, I know like on the on the bitcoin side the ronin uh dojo guys like seem to be you know turning on to monero which is really encouraging from my perspective to see the communities actually appreciating each other for the advantages they have so um kind of wondering when that's going to be usable by you know technical uh end users yeah, so I think it's it's Samurai Wallet who are the ones who are working on atomic swaps, um, and they're looking into using the the Comet backend because that's the one that's the closest to being functional. Um, Comet is uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, or Comet is on mainnet, so you can you can use it right now to swap Bitcoin and Monero. But it's very much it's CLI based and it's very much still in testing. Um, so it's, it's have you tried that's available. It? I haven't. I really need to. I keep saying I'm going to, but I haven't gotten around to actually trying it. So I'm going to try to put that on my plate and see if I can actually work through it and, and get something running. Um, but yeah, theirs are live. They work. Uh, I think at this point, it's mainly people building on top of it is what needs to happen. So like Samurai Wallet are building functionality into their Bitcoin wallet to be able to do atomic swaps with Monero. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I know for sure that they will not actually, it won't be a Monero wallet as well. So you'll be able to swap for Monero, but you'll have to send it somewhere else. Um, so that'll be, that'll be great to see. As far as I know, that's the only actual ongoing implementation. I think Cake Wallet had mentioned that they want to integrate it at some point. Um, but to be honest, they're, as far as I know, their profit model is the, the exchange swaps that are native within Cake Wallet. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's not something they, they rush into. Um, but hopefully we will see it there. And then I think Manu Joe is also investigating it, but no idea on the progress there. Well, I, I spoke to Vic today. I mean, I don't want to give away anything that, but he, I know he's always pushing to be on the cutting edge. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, you know, obviously Vic, I mean, his, uh, I don't want to misspeak for Vic in any way, but I, you know, his, his large vision with cake is, is, you know, being able to, uh, use Monero in the most user-friendly way possible and kind of seamlessly move between um, Monero and, you know, other big, big coins like Bitcoin primarily uh, in, in ways that uh, align with, you know, um, the, uh, 
the cypherpunk vision of, you know, no KYC AML, right? So uh, I think Vic is constantly like trying to uh, constantly move cake in that direction. So Monero could be completely usable as digital cash. Um, so I think, and he's, he's doing an amazing job at it um, and making, and making it a business as he goes, which is hard to do. Um, so cheers. To, oh, sponsored by, sponsored good times by sponsored by cake. Cheers. Cheers to cake. <laughs> Um, Cheers to you guys. <laughs> John, you have anything uh, you want to add about regarding Atomic Swap? Is there any uh, new info there that uh, Seth didn't bring up? Oh, well, the, the basic theories here, but just kind of like we're going back to the original origin of, uh, of all cryptocurrency. You got to start out really low first. So low level did work but it's going to take a while before we get something up and functioning like a full dex um eventually this is going to be perfectly compatible with the other um turing complete uh, programming languages so it is possible to have an entirely um you know Monero could be part of one of the many cryptocurrencies that are traded by all the existing say ethereum uh decentralized exchanges it just it's just going to be added in but it's going to take a bit of time to do that Monero is going to specifically have to worry about difference in fungibility between different coins and UTXOs that you get from other locations. It's you don't Monero automatically brings that, so any other side is going to want to have the same level of quality, and that's not a trivial task. It's going to take a lot of time, but everything's there. It's just a matter of taking what's already existing and building it all together to add Monero into everything else, and that's going to be a pretty bright future for Monero because there's it's so beautiful in every other way that you can take you can basically upgrade all the other investments with all the properties of Monero anytime you want so yeah this guy's limited yeah i, I uh, came across the article maybe a month or two ago I, I was just trying to find it up but i can't but it had a bunch of like footsteps in the sort of you know orange and uh white and black and it was about atomic swaps and basically I understood probably 80% of it easily. And then, which I, I, is pretty advanced. And then, you know, the other 20%, I'm kind of like Googling stuff, going on Wikipedia. And then I'm like, all right, I got to go on to like Khan Academy and learn about these like cryptographic principles they're talking about. Like, I understand, you know, hash time lock contracts and the lightning network and stuff. So I thought that that would get me pretty far. But then they were like, well, Monero has different ways of like locking things up. And uh, it was quite a rabbit hole, but it seems super exciting. And I'm just, mostly looking forward to having a better alternative to like uh i hope they're not a sponsor or anything but like change now you know i like cake wallet not not so much a big fan of the current exchange services that are available there uh, i mean they're just like a new shapeshift and i worked at shapeshift a long time ago like i know how that works it's a custodial exchange they have a support desk you know the last time i did a change now thing there was a bunch of congestion on the monero network and like i got like 20 percent less monero than uh I thought I was getting, so I haven't done any exchanges since then. So if we can make it, you know, cryptographically um, guaranteed, that's like really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same, honestly, uh, for the same reason, I'm actually only using local Monero for a straight fiat to Monero um, yeah, transactions. That's How about, um, oh, sorry, man. I was gonna say uh, Thor chain, I think is another good thing to talk about. Uh, yeah, that one definitely uh, seems really interesting. Yeah, it seems like it's like a, a, a very good balance between, um, you know, uh, being essentially being decentralized and trustless and also being user friendly. Um, unless I'm missing something there, it seems like it's, it's doing that quite well. Do you guys have opinions there as to whether or not we should trust and use uh, 
Thor. When, once they add essentially swaps between Bitcoin and Monero. Well, yeah. I think if you're just going in and out, then you just you sh it's just fine. But I wouldn't hold like anything that you value for long term with a third party. Yeah, it's important that people know it's not atomic swap based. It will not be atomic swap based. Um, it is technically custodial. Basically, the if I hopefully I say this right, I've been looking into them and and trying out Thorchain quite a bit, uh, just trying to make sense of what it is, but is essentially custodial with a rotating set of multi-sig wallet holders. And those wallet holders have to put up their native token, which I think is Rune, um, as kind of a bond for the assets that they hold. And they have to have an, uh, an oversized bond for the amount of assets that they'll hold. And I think it's 26 at a time uh, multi-sig key holders, but that number could be wrong. Um, but that's that's kind of the core of it is they're the actual custodians of all of the coins that are in Thorchain as you're swapping around. Um, so there is still some risk. Obviously, it should be low. I think it is a, an interesting balance between decentralization, um, custodial versus non-custodial, and it's an it's an interesting way to do cross-chain swaps. Um, I just like with anything else like this, I wouldn't trust them with your money. I wouldn't keep money in wallets around that. Um, I definitely wouldn't say like invest in Rune or anything like that. Um, but once they add Monero, which they've said they're adding it, I haven't seen any progress for a while. Um, but once they add Monero, I'll definitely be testing it out. It could be an interesting thing that you can use to swap between uh, chains that don't have atomic swap support. I would definitely say if you can use atomic swaps anytime possible because those are completely non-custodial. They are completely trustless. You cannot lose your funds unless obviously you mistype an address or something. But um, the actual swap will either succeed perfectly or fail perfectly, and you will either get the funds that you're swapping for or you'll get your own funds back. So atomic swaps are definitely kind of the gold standard of trustlessness, but there is definitely still a place for different approaches along the spectrum of trustless to trusted. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I think I that's an important point. Oh, go ahead. I also ahead, mentioned... Yeah, sorry. I also mentioned with Justin a couple weeks ago about uh, Incognito, although Incognito is not as secure as Thorchain's custodial system. As I said, if you're just going for an in and out, I don't see why not. I mean, people you still use centralized exchanges, and we have, for the most part, not had many problems, with some exceptions like Mt. Gox, but you know, we won't talk about that. From my experience, I wouldn't recommend using Incognito. They, they I, may roast I, me. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the approach. It's custodial entirely. I, I know. It's it's an it's an approach, but I don't love the way that they handle things, and I don't love the actual technical implementation. So I would be very like, wary of using it personally. It's like between using Trade Ogre and uh, and Thorchain, I guess. Since it's an entirely custodial bridge, it's it's a, you're using a centralized exchange. Um, it looks decentralized on the surface, but it's an it's an entirely custodial bridge. So it's it's not actually. They could steal funds. They could just become insolvent. There's lots of things that could happen. So if you want to use it, sure, but it's not something that I would recommend. Yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned an important important point, Seth, which is the it's a spectrum. I mean, even some even atomic swaps that appear to be totally decentralized, like like you, uh, I think Sean mentioned, you know, there's not a DEX yet. Well, once you have a DEX, like that's an interface that you're trusting someone and there's developers behind it. Like you're basically always trusting somebody 
but uh, and I, I know that you guys know more about uh, Thorchain than I do. But my understanding is it's kind of like a rolling federation, and federations are like uh, you know in the middle ground there, but far better than like a single custodial uh, party. Yeah, so. it seems to be a well implemented custodial decentralized exchange. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I saw that uh, Shapeshift actually moved to them or is moving to them. And I think that's the first laudable thing that they've done probably since I left there like three years ago or so. But I, I'm, you know, I'm proud of them. Good for them. And I guess they're still collecting a spread. So that shows that even even with like atomic swaps, there's like somebody on each side of the trade. So it doesn't have to be like it can still be profitable for people to offer, you know, to be the the maker there. And, you know, uh, you can be the taker because you want to do a swap still can make money and we can all get along <laughs> yeah we'll definitely still see market makers in atomic swaps i think i think comet have already talked about that they have partners who are going to be makers on the the monero bitcoin atomic swap uh side so there will still be that obviously the potential difficulty with atomic swaps is liquidity can be really hard to source to source depending on just if people choose to trade or not there's no kind of liquidity pool that you can constantly be using to go between assets so that can be the main hurdle. And that's where something like Thorchain does bring deep liquidity, again, with trade-offs. So if those trade-offs are okay and it's a it's a fitting solution for you, great. But the more trustless solution is definitely atomic swaps. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that will take off and we'll see implementations in multiple wallets and that like decentralized exchanges like Haveno will integrate that natively. Yeah. No Samurai Wallet help that liquidity set? Samurai Wallet? Mm-hmm. Well, they, so as far as I know, they won't be acting as a maker or anything like that. So they won't be providing liquidity. So you'd still be like, if you're, it, it would only be as far as I know, going from Bitcoin to Monero. So you'd still have to have people who want to sell Monero for Bitcoin. So hopefully there will be market makers or just people who are willing to sell constantly. So you don't have to worry about it, but the, there is the potential that there could be liquidity issues. So at specific points in time, maybe you can't swap because there's no one willing to sell Monero for the amount of Bitcoin you have or there could be things like that because it is directly peer to peer. I mean, it's the same situation for those who have used BISC. Um, you have to find another actual person and that person could be a market maker who's doing it at an, an institutional size, or it could be just some random dude from the other side of the world. So you have to find that peer to peer trading partner. And sometimes that can be difficult. Um, so Samurai Wallet won't specifically be providing liquidity as far as I know. Um, but they'll be plugging in and the people who are wanting to swap using Samurai Wallet will be, providing liquidity by by wanting to swap kate needs to add this this atomic swap yeah hopefully every monero wallet will and that's that's a place where like comet is working right now but as far as i know it's a little bit more uh rough around the edges it's kind of more like an advanced proof of concept it works and it's able to be integrated i think from what i can tell farcaster will be much more uh, extensible much more it much more able to be easily integrated into different platforms so that may be the longer term solution, but we'll have to see how both Comet and Farcaster develop over time. I will say once it yeah, Kate has some exciting things in the pipeline. Uh, so I don't know what he wants to say. I don't want to say anything. All these teases. I don't want to say anything that you know that whole Stay tuned. It wasn't public information yet. I don't know. Uh oh, we just got that's a gratuitous so nice. order, which is awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah. If you want to support the show, please uh buy a a bag of delicious gratuitous coffee. We're uh, gratuitous.org today. <laughs> we uh we just got more 
fresh coffee. Yeah, we got fresh coffee uh, last week. Yeah. Last week. So, guys, the the more you order, the uh, it, the more coffee we can ship in, and the fresher it is. So, keep it coming, guys. Keep we're coming. bringing we're bringing we're, coffee yeah, to New Hampshire. So, we're gonna do how we're gonna have a little uh, gratuitous stand at Porkfest. Yeah, that's really fun. <laughs> that should be a lot of fun. What well, is we- a cake cake wallet gonna have hardware wallet support? Uh, I have I have no idea on that one. I haven't heard. That's like the only reason why I don't use it. You don't you don't like using just a a native, uh, smartphone iPhone wallet. Well, I mean the the thing with the the hardware wallets is they're air gapped, so it definitely helps with security in that sense. Well, like just for usability, though, like if you want to actually, you know, go out, use Monero, holds, you know, hold a couple hundred dollars worth or you don't, uh, you don't even want to use it for those purposes. I guess, I guess if I was going to use Monero day to day, I would, I guess I wouldn't want to use a hardware wallet because it'd be kind of a pain in the butt to lug the cable around and (laughs) unlock the thing in the middle. But in general, that's not what I'm using it for. So I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, maybe uh, I'm naive, so I don't I don't know uh, enough of the the tech the tech to be scared from using Cake. But I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I, iOS is 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 pretty solid, right? Pretty secure, um, and uh, as long as you write your keys down, I know I realize that you're saying it's not air gapped, but I think for, especially for noobs, it's a it's a good super easy. Uh, user-friendly way to get people on Monero, you know, just download Cake. Uh, it's now it's it's a way where you could easily buy it too. Um, and I tell people too, if they're like super hardcore and paranoid, it's just a quick, easy way. If you essentially want to create a paper wallet, you know, you you generate a wallet on on Cake. You could send your Monero to it, or you write down the seed, and you know, if you want, just delete delete the app. You know, if you're somebody who's just gonna like hold. And you you know you don't have a lot of tech experience, but you want to like securely hold uh, crypto. Um, I mean, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that not a, a nice user user friendly way to hold Monero securely if you don't want to you know be too hardcore about it? Oh, I I love it. It's so cool for budgeting too. Like I was thinking about that, you know, that once we start using Monero every day, you can kind of budget. You can put, this is my grocery money. This is for this, this, you know, you can set up all these different wallets and do the whole financial planning. Mm-hmm. You can connect to your own node too. It's it's decent yeah. for, you know, uh, technical users. And I believe it's open source. I don't think there's any way to verify that the binary that you're getting from the app store is you know what's there but that's a deficiency of apple not not the cake wallet so right exactly yeah i've got a i've got to hop off but before i do i will say i think there's a place for mobile wallets and there's a place for hardware wallets and so like i have used my ledger with monero show in the past but normally that's that's kind of like a, a use case that is a little bit niche to me because normally i'm using a mobile wallet for the stuff that i'm going to be spending i'll keep just a little bit of monero in there for the the things that i think i'll be paying for soon or tipping people soon or donating soon um and then the hardware wallet is something i use for kind of cold storage so to me a mobile wallet is a great fit for keep a little bit of funds on there just like you wouldn't carry around 
all of the money in your bank account, in your wallet, in your pocket. You would never do that. But you do carry around some money in the wallet in your pocket so that you can quickly pay for things. And then if you have to get more money, you can go to an ATM or something. I kind of treat hardware wallets as the ATM bank and then my mobile wallet as the actual wallet in my pocket. So I always have funds ready to spend. Um, and yeah, there's a little bit less security, but in general, something that's open source connects to my own node and is non-custodial is going to be a pretty good fit for, for that type of solution. So Seth, definitely what, like, you what know. do you think of this? Uh, you know, cause I, I, I have told people this cause you know, there's a lot of people that aren't super, they're, they're not super techie. Uh, they, they want to get into Monero and they want to hold it in a secure way. What do you think of that? The idea of, you know, you're telling people you basically write down your, write down your seed. Um, and then those that are like paranoid with having it on the phone, like if you want, if you're like really not looking to use it, you just want to, you know, stock your Monero away for five years. Um, just, you know, create a cake wallet, create a wallet, send wherever you get your Monero, send it to the address. And if you want, you can, you know, delete your, delete the app, just hold on to the paper wallet. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not going to say there's no risk. Like there could be some implementation flaw or something that could cause issues where, seeds have issues in the future obviously as far as we know that doesn't exist and cake has been great so far um but i think it's it's a, a solid use case i mean you can really use any wallet to generate the seed because the, the seeds are compatible with any wallet both past and future um so you can be pretty pretty confident as long as you have a seed generated and you store it safely and you hang on to it that you can restore it later on down the line. So yeah, that works fine. That's not a not a problem at all. It's a little bit weird. Like I personally wouldn't do that, but that's an easy way to onboard people who are yeah. It's just a simple just wanting to dump some Monero in there, forget about it, and come back five years or ten years later. Because yeah, even a hardware wallet, it's intimidating to some people. It's oh, like yeah. it's like a new device. It's like, oh, what do I got to do with this thing? You know, it's like another thing you got to worry about. I do think that you know, there's arguments to me too that like hardware wallets kind of make you a, like a target too, right? It's like if you if you buy if you're purchasing a hardware wallet that the only reason you're purchasing is because you're saying I have a lot of uh, crypto that I want to hold. You know, if you're yes, if, if you simply hold uh, have a smartphone, you know, maybe you have crypto, maybe you don't. I'd like to point out that the security necessary and the extra steps you have to go to to secure the high value um, cryptocurrency you have is a very Cadillac problem. If you got to worry about the methods you're going to go through to secure this, then yeah, that's you know. It's nice to have that level of problems in your life. So, yeah. Right. Most yeah, people aren't going to have that. It's a very privileged place to be, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, everybody, for chatting tonight. I'm going to hop off. But Thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming so on. Thanks for coming on. Finally got nice on on the Neurotopia. Yeah. Nice seeing you, Seth. <laughs> yeah. Y'all have a good night. Later. You too. Bye-bye. Have a good night. So what I was going to say is that uh, there have been horror stories of online paper wallet for paper wallets for Bitcoin being... Uh, written in ways to hijack the seed phrase. So there is that that risk when it comes to using paper wallets. Maybe the, the software used to generate it may not be safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have to make sure that that's, you know, open source as well. And there's no, you know, there's no bug, right? I mean, if you really want to do it the right way for generating a, a paper wallet. Well, I think for full transparency there too, uh, Cake Wallet, you know, added... Bitcoin, and I, I believe they had a, a problem with the algorithm they were using to derive the seed phrase at first. And some people may have even uh, lost some funds because of that, but they were very transparent about it and fixed it. Yep. And then I think they they refunded anybody that did lose, uh, that lost funds, right? I think they reached out to people. 
yeah. Have reach out. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they've, you know, I guess mistakes happen, but uh, the fact that they're transparent, you know, that's that's obviously a nice thing to say and expected by the Monero community. I mean, that, that I think that, that's been beaten into cake, right? They know that they can't do anything, take any steps without being completely transparent with the community. The Monero community will just hang them, you know? The Monero, Monero community is great at that. Think, think, uh, think massive. I just want to ask you, cause you said you, um, you worked at Shapeshift, right? Uh, yeah, I did. How, so how was it working with Eric Voorhees or did you <laughs> talk to him at all? Is he a Monero? We had, we interviewed him on here, uh, on Monero talk yeah, when we were Monero at, Con. yeah, when we were in Monero. Denver at yeah, Monero, Monero Con. Oh, okay, cool. I actually, I want to rewatch that. I don't remember everything yeah, it that was, was short. Said, it wasn't a very was long said, but do you have any feel as to, uh, how into Monero he is. I mean, I, I really like the guy. I love everything he says. He's like such a, you know, he's, he's a true believer in what all this stuff stands for. As far as I can tell from anything I've heard him say. And I like the fact, you know, that he's not like some super maxi, obviously for, for his own reasons, right? It's how he became a, a billionaire is because, you know, he's, he's created these on ramps between all these coins. So he's, he obviously is not just a strictly a Bitcoin guy. Uh, but I love the way he talks about crypto and he se- the things he seems to care most about align very closely with what Monero is. So I'm just curious if you ever heard him like talking about Monero or if you have. Yeah, I mean, I-, I can tell a quick story. I actually I hopped on to your to the show a while back. It was when you guys were selling coffee like on the street uh, in New York. And <laughs> so but I'll, I'll retell the story real quick uh, from Shapeshift, which is that like the security guy there had uh if you if you violated some security policy he would you like and someone called you out you know say you left your computer unlocked someone could come up and like message him or somebody from there to kind of prove okay you broke a security rule and then you would get dunced and you'd have to wear this dunce hat around and then whoever called you out got to wear the monero medallion <laughs> so it was like a prize you know i mean it's definitely viewed as uh a very like in in a very good light there and I don't know. I don't know if I've had any conversations with Eric personally about it, but I mean, I've I've talked with him quite a bit, and I think he's a good guy that means well. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should try to get him on the show again, especially with Thorchain adding Monero. I'm sure they'll be. You know, hopefully. Oh, I'm sure he'd be be ecstatic to come on. Yeah. That's going to be a major thing when that happens. When you can use it to to trade between uh, Bitcoin and Monero. Guys, um, I don't know. What do you think? Should we should we wrap it up? Should we we're on for an hour and a half? Yeah. If you guys want to so. talk about anything else, any any topics we missed, or obviously this we could talk for for days. But anything else? Well, you guys yeah. Someone asked uh, about next guest, and we're working on. You want to talk about the Rohan Gray? Oh yeah. So I had Rohan Gray on um, yesterday. I interviewed him. He, I discovered him. There was recently there was a congressional hearing. On the on the digital dollar, on you know the the, the creation of, of Fed coin or whatever you want to call it, and he was one of uh, the witnesses that testified, and he he brought up a lot of points as to how you know if if the government's going to do this, they're going they they're they're going to really need to make sure that they uh, implement privacy into it, and it needs to function as cash. Uh, that being said, we disagreed on a lot of other <laughs> things. He's uh, a self 
self-proclaimed uh, Marxist. Uh, he, you know, he has a lot of, <laughs> he, he, he makes a lot of, you know, uh, his, his points, you know, he, he's a very knowledgeable guy, very intelligent guy. Uh, highly recommend, yeah, tuning into that episode. Yeah. It, was, it was, right? It was a good, yeah, I mean, it was a good conversation. And right what, you know, he likes Monero. He likes Monero. He doesn't like, he... He he actually doesn't really like cryptocurrency. Uh, what you know, he doesn't think he doesn't think cryptocurrency has any chance at replacing it's fiat. Uh, he thinks fiat is a necessary thing. Uh, basically, that that you know that governments need to uh, have uh, a monopoly on on money so that they can you know essentially turn the knobs of the economy as as needed. Which I. I I certainly don't agree with. Uh, Did he say if the digital dollar is being released? Because I think they were planning for July release, the two uh, pilot programs for the digital dollar. No, he didn't say that. He was he was uh, just a witness when they were. Uh, he gave testimony on you know essentially the main point he was making there was the need for for privacy and that they're, they're going to need to make sure they consider that when they're creating it. No, he didn't, uh, he didn't mention that in the interview. I don't believe that that's, yeah, that's uh correct information there. Yeah. Yeah. I was the pilots being released when re reading yesterday, the U S department of justice, they released like a 120 page, um, Basically, they cover a lot about blockchain and how blockchain can be used in court, blockchain analytics, how accurate is the information, stuff like that. They do mention Monero. They mention Zcash. Um, and what they, I was, I'm kind of always waiting for the shoe to drop, right? So I'm always checking what, <laughs> what's going on. And um, they are anticipating, looking into DEXs. They're definitely anticipating that they have to deal with DEXs. They have to deal with DeFi. No mentions on atomic swaps. Uh, they're keeping a close eye on the kiosk. A lot of people are using kiosks. So we'll see. I, I was kind of glad that there was nothing about atomic swaps. Because, <laughs> uh, oh, and coin joins too. Like they're looking at the coin mixer. So I'm, I'm kind of anticipating that there's going to be some regulation that will kind of push coin joins and coin mixers aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting also, just another point. I want to hear what you think about this, just to see uh, these central bank coins competing against each other. So with the, mm. the attributes that they add. So, you know, will, will US Fed coin um, be more aligned with, uh, you know, the, what, what Americans expect, which is, you know, protection of privacy and, and liberty, as opposed to, you know, the coin that, that China ends up using will will people trust us fed coin more for those purposes are there going to be competing attributes there hmm. curious if you guys have opinions on that so um Alterend, which is like one of the pilots i think will come out has already like a european and an asian and a, um a us uh, kind of a bunch of projects basically and a foundation so i'm guessing they kind of international global but yeah definitely there's the uh, you uh chinese huan the digital huan so i'm interested to see what others think mm -hmm. yeah anybody else want to uh, 
Sure. Yeah. In, in regards to this uh, Fed coin, um, I think that it's it's really interesting uh, because despite uh, you know uh, our government's best intentions, uh, you know the the Constitution uh, clearly uh, states that we have a right to privacy, and uh, unfortunately, what it's been done is uh, they've allowed uh, you know private companies to uh, sort of uh, spy as much as they can, and we we give over our rights every day through you know. Um, deciding to interact with, you know, modern technology and all of this information is just, it's sold to, um, you know, uh, anyone who, who wants it. it's not that difficult to buy data, you know, it's just it's about money. And I think that it's, uh, it's really sickening that, uh, people allow, uh, the information of our lives to just be, uh, sold, um, in bulk, um, to people, uh, when we have a right to privacy, there's, there's no real way of opting out at all. Uh, that is kind of one of the pitfalls of the Constitution was that the Fourth Amendment was only referring to government actors and not necessarily private companies. Uh, so the only real way to, to regulate what you're describing is through law. And we're just not quite there yet. Uh, well, I think there's a lot of uh, ways to, to address that sort of thing. I think that, um, I think that, yeah, what you said is very true. It, it only uh, restricts the government. Um, but I think that what the government uh, that's being put in place, uh, you know, uh, that we agree to uh, participate in should be upholding um, is our negative liberties. Um, and they should be preserved uh, forthright. And you should be enabled to preserve your liberties um, by uh, taking measures. And if you're being impeded on uh, it being um, being able to take measures to um, to conceal uh, your uh, own, um, you know, finances uh, is just one example. But I mean, preferences. Um, I mean, the, all of the devices are listening uh, at all times. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous what goes on. And yes, you're you're saying that the private. Uh, the private companies uh, sort of get a pass in the constitution, but a lot of these private companies aren't truly private in in the fact that they've only gotten to to their size and to be you know uh, un untouchable or too big to fail because they've been able to work uh, alongside a government that doesn't fully respect our negative liberties, and so they're sort of going to different parties to say, okay, well. The government can violate your negative liberties, but the private companies can't. And the private companies, you know, um, can uh, sell sell your data and spy on you, but the government can't. But the government can buy publicly viable data that's for purchase on the internet that are coming from the same kind of. So it, one hand washes the other here. So it, it's really, uh, it. I, I think it's almost like a false dichotomy at this stage of. Uh, corporatism, where there's just different uh, different outfits. There's you know there's uh, government uh, public outfits, and then there's private outfits. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything of what you said was fair because it's absolutely unfair that it's sort of a loophole around the Fourth Amendment. But I think that the general consensus in this country now is that you know privacy doesn't matter. I mean, my school, my university just had a scandal about requiring vaccinations for certain students and not others. So. Uh, people, people in general, especially in the bureaucracies, don't really care about this anymore. 
and it's just sad to see. Right. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Austrian economics and uh, uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe. And, uh, you know, in democracy, uh, the God that fails really hits the nail on the head here. Um, I, I don't think that uh, important decisions should just be left up to consensus as much as I think consensus is valuable in um, certain uh, certain things that are pertaining to um, issues of negative liberties where we have no no choice but to we live together where we live in a society. So we're going to be uh, uh, encroaching on each other's negative liberties uh, in some way not necessarily on purpose, but we can agree to certain standards which we choose to live by and choose to hold each other accountable, which I think is a very different uh, uh, situation than we find ourselves in now. I, I think this is the point what you said. A uh, couple things. The Constitution doesn't mention democracy. And a lot of people are mistaken about that because they, they always say, you know, our democracy is under ruin. And then, you know, we need to have democratic socialism to save us from the corporations. And then I guess the the like leading question I asked though is if you wanted to hold a, a vote to uh, whether or not we should have a million dollars in our bank accounts, it would probably pass with an absolute supermajority because no one would say no to that. So the, democracy is one of the, the weakest forms of government there is when you consider issues like that. And I think that's a lot of why, you know, back in the 1700s, we have a Republican form of government is because of those issues. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we don't want just pure rule by the by the majority. Um, I think another point to be made, obviously, so Monero, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, essentially a cypherpunk or crypto anarchist project. And the belief there being, you know, uh, let's put it into code. Let's create something that's unstoppable. Uh, let's program privacy and liberty into the protocol so we don't have to ask for permission from governments. We don't have to, uh, you know, lobby governments. We just go and do it and then governments have to deal with it. And, you know, it's going to force governments and in particular the United States to compete with it because now here you have this option, right? You can, you can opt out into Monerotopia. Uh, nobody can stop you. And if corporations and governments are going to want to compete with that, they're going to have to start to up up their privacy game and their, you know, liberty preserving game. Uh, otherwise, people will just continue to opt out and move over into things like Monero. Uh, and that's just for, you know, we're just talking about money, but I mean, money's a pretty big thing, pretty big factor. And I think once governments start to see that people really want that, um, they're gonna they're gonna have to compete in that in that manner as well. I think we can be orange pilled as much as we want, but until broader society realizes what they've given up in the name of safety, they're going to eventually want to jump ship. Mm -hmm. And that is like a scary thing because there is kind of a general consensus that rights come from government, and that's not necessarily the model that was outlined in the Constitution. I'm kind of optimistic because uh, right now they're negotiating what's called um, the privacy shield. So basically between Europe and U.S., there's a lot of tra uh, data transferred back and forth, trillions of dollars worth. And um, I saw a video of a lady, I can't recall her name because it's a weird name like mine. Uh, but um, basically she said that uh, unless the U.S. starts uh, enacting privacy laws like the GDPR, 
there's no deal. So I, I really enjoy that push because, they, you know, there's pressure now. All these different countries are enacting these privacy laws and data protection laws, and we have nothing here for whatever reason. Doug probably knows why, but I don't want to keep you guys up all night because you look like you need a coffee soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long day, a long day. Really I, long I like day. what uh, Crypto Crash said. Privacy is what makes us human. Without privacy, we are cogs surveilled by the machine. I totally agree with that. That's that's what that's what drives and motivates me. Honestly, that kind of hits the nail on the head there. I think, literally, I mean, it it allows us to maintain our our individuality. Uh, it allows us to be who we are. Privacy. So, all right, guys, I think we uh, we ended on that, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for making this an awesome show. Thank you so much for tuning keep, in. Please keep joining us. I had a us. great time. Yeah, thanks so much. Your studio. Well, it's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Nicola, we'll, we'll be drinking a, a beer in person sometime soon, I'm sure. Oh, can't wait. Looking forward to it. And now maybe next time, uh, well, maybe not next time, but at some point, I'd love to have you guys on uh, Satoshi Street Bets on YouTube. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Just another platform to get the word out. Hashtag. All right, until then. <laughs> All right, come guys. back. Come to Florida sometime. Jeff, we'll awesome come back contributions, man. Awesome contributions. Thank you so much. Thanks. Just come to Florida sometime. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thanks, All right, guys. Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to monerotalk.live slash subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week. <laughs>